All right, new community, welcome. We've got our midweek interview that we're doing uh, today, and I have the distinct privilege of interviewing one of my closer friends and a longtime uh, person at New Community, Greg Conley, also one of our elders. But um, Greg, thank you for being on today. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, this is a, a privilege. I'm doing good. Good. Uh, so for those who maybe don't know you, Give us uh, a little synopsis of where you're at in life, uh, maybe what you do, uh, just some personal stuff so we can kind of get to know you a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I am, um, I'm a Spokane native. I'm 31, graduated from North Central and um, moved back after college. Um, met my wife, Brittany, in college and uh, we got married in 2012. Um, and since... Uh, since we've been married, we lived in Spokane. We um, we have a, a 10-month-old daughter. Mercy Jane is her name. We call her MJ. Um, I am a high school teacher at Mount Spokane High School. I've been at a couple different schools, but uh, I teach science at Mount Spokane as of right now. And yeah, we've been at, at Newcom ever since we moved back to Spokane. So gosh, nine years now. Um, and tried to be uh, as involved in, in small group and volunteering and leadership and stuff as we can. And, uh, I've been an elder for two years and Britt's been on staff for a year and a half. She's the children's director. So, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> talk to me a, a little bit about the process of, um, being a part of new community and then coming into, um, some more significant leadership roles. And, uh, I know I sent you some questions beforehand. This is totally off script, but, um, I think that might be helpful for us to, to understand what, what has that kind of movement been like for the two of you? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It, it didn't feel particularly stark. I think one of the, one of the cool things about Newcom is that most things, it feels like a lot of the things that happen officially um, happen organically far earlier than they happen officially. And so like uh, people who step into leadership roles oftentimes have been in some way, shape or form in leadership roles before that. And then they step into a title um, in relationship with people that, uh, you know, that seek their advice or whatever. And so, you know, obviously Kevin, us being us being friends and um, and knowing Russ and Shannon and and Julie, it by the time I had stepped into uh, being in an elder role, um, you know I knew the staff pretty well and and had been at least somewhat familiar with kind of the ins and outs of of the Newcom Church world, and so it um, I don't want to say it felt like a natural thing, but it didn't feel uh, jarring, I guess, to step yeah. into that leadership role. Um, and similarly with Brittany as she, she came on to staff I mean, she had a, a background in, um, elementary education and, uh, had already been leading third through fifth grade girls, small group. Um, and so when, when the, the children's director position came open, there was a lot of pieces that were kind of already in place that made that a pretty natural kind of organic transition. So, um, yeah, actually, I think that's one of the things I really like about Newcom. Well, I can uh, speak from a staff perspective. We are um, we are blessed by your leadership and uh, Brittany's 
service and uh, her work with our kids. So uh, it, it truly is uh, fun to be on this interview with you today. Uh, we're talking about kind of specifically some mission stuff, which we'll get to uh, here in a minute. But um, amidst the uh, maybe what I'm calling the COVID reality of uh, how all of our la- lives have changed here in the in the last few weeks and months, um, we have spent a lot of time talking about how do we conduct ourselves in a new reality? How do we live as faithful Christians? A question I have for you, which uh, I know Grace, my wife and I have been talking a lot about, has been um, in this new reality, where have you been seeing God work? Um, so if you if you try to remove the um, maybe discomfort that some of us are feeling, the certainly um, the loss of uh, life and sickness and uh, and all of the terrible, horrific parts of this, God is at work in different ways. And so from your perspective, whether personally or corporately, where, uh, where have you seen God uh, in powerful ways in this last few weeks? Sure. Um, I, I guess I'll answer kind of in, in, in three ways. The first is, is that I have to acknowledge um, a great deal of tension in that, uh, Brittany and I are incredibly privileged. Um, neither of us have lost any significant employment. Uh, neither of us employ other people. And so I haven't had to deal with uh, other people's livelihoods or our livelihoods changing a great degree. Um, the biggest inconvenience has been not being able to go the places we want to go or do the things we want to do. And so for us, um, like I said, we we first and the thing that we've been talking about often is just acknowledging that we are really 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 fortunate in a world full of yeah. full of people that are experiencing this uh, with a lot of pain. Um, that being said, there have been some just some personal things that have that have been a great blessing. I mean, most of the time during the school year, I'm out of the house by five thirty or six. I'm not back into the house until five thirty or six, and so there's you know, there's a great deal of the day that I don't get to spend time with my, my new daughter. And so instead being at home, um, I'm getting to spend way more time with her and watch way more of her personal development, um, kind of through these really, really fun times where she just is growing like crazy and learning things all the time. And that has been just an absolute blast. Um, and, and to see her, respond to me being around more has been, I mean, it just melts your heart. Right. And so um, that's been super cool. Um, I would also say that, uh, in the last two years, I have learned that, um, that I experience, uh, pretty marked anxiety if I'm not a good manager of my pace of life. And if I don't pay attention to kind of like how God's moving in our life and, how we're kind of fostering Sabbath. And so this intentional slowdown uh, has, has, like I said, has been a great gift um, in, a, in the midst of all of the hardship that's going on. Um, I think on a more kind of like corporate level, um, one of the things that's been incredibly heartwarming is that you see some, a lot of the like polarized backbiting that I think has become kind of this nasty part of our culture. You see a lot of that start to melt away because there's this greater charge to, um, to care for each other and to find ways to move forward together 
because we have this new enemy, this this virus. And certainly, um, there's still polarizing news. There's still um, partisan back and forth, and there's still disagreements. But I would say that in general, I mean, if you look at the scientific community, there hasn't been um, uh, unified scientific research at this pace and this scale uh, almost ever. Um, yeah. And uh, so to see, I, I guess to see kind of the championing of a, of a cause has brought people together in a way that I think is really cool. Um, so that's, that's been really, uh, fun to watch. Um, and, and I don't know, just a, a really inspiring thing. Yeah. So, uh, I know you have been, uh, on the elder team for new community. You have been, uh, a, a real, a real strong and vocal voice that, now is a very unique and specific time where we can and should be helping uh, our under-resourced community around new community. And certainly that's the heart of all of us, but um, you've been one of the, the real driving factors behind that. Um, so before we get into a uh, kind of a, an explanation of some of the things that have been done, why do you think um, God has impressed that on your heart? What, given your experience, um, why do you think that's been something that you have come back to and have uh, really kind of helped drive our community through in this past few weeks? Yeah, it's a good, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, at least in part, um, <laughs> the answer is I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, growing up, uh, for those of you that are... Um, familiar with with the Enneagram I'm a two on the Enneagram and so growing up uh before my parents could even kind of teach me about it I I remember being like four or five and crying as we drove by a person holding a sign on the corner asking for you know like food or money or whatever yeah and that was always a sensitivity that I that I really had as as a as a kid and then a teenager um and into college and, and now and as I've read the scriptures more and more growing up, I see that, uh, that God, I would say, and, and maybe this is bad theology. So cut this out if you need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll go through and we'll do that for sure. <laughs> Theological editing. <laughs> we'll censor all of the things we need to censor. <laughs> uh, I would say that God certainly cares for all of us, um, in a way that we can't even fathom, but I think there's at least a nod in scripture that perhaps he cares about marginalized people groups even more. And um, people who experience great uh, mental health struggles, people who experience homelessness, people who experience addiction, um, suffer in this life in a way that I have have never had to suffer. And um, I think as Christians, especially Christians with resources, uh, over and over and over again, you see a call in scripture to care for those people. Um, yeah. and, and a pretty weighty call. I mean, I was, I was just reading Matthew 25 where Jesus separates the nations to the left and the right, the sheep and the goats. And the, the yeah. way that he judges is based on how we did or did not care for the needy. Um, yeah. and so that, uh, I think initially God put that on my heart just as a person. And then the more I've spent time in the scriptures, the more that's been affirmed. So why I have no idea, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's cool. 
well, you, your voice has been certainly welcomed in this way. Um, for those who maybe don't know, uh, the way that the new community budget operates is uh, money comes in and we tithe as a church. So a 10% tithe of it goes into a designated fund, uh, which we call our missions fund. And that is money that is specific to give kind of outside of the context of new communities. So that goes to missionaries that we support overseas, uh, to local partnerships. And then there has for the last year or two been a surplus of money that, um, we've been able to use and give in unique ways as situations come up. So, uh, as we have entered into this new reality, we've been able to allocate some of those extra funds to very specific needs in our community right now. Again, these are the things that you have uh, in a lot of ways kind of brought to our attention and uh, have championed. So can you give us an idea of a few of those different initiatives that as a church community, we've been able to get behind in the uh, last few weeks? Yeah. Yeah. And just as a, as a note, um, it's not like, uh, Newcom is just sitting on this war chest of money (laughs) (laughs) that we're, uh, waiting to give away. I think, um, we give in strategic ways. We give to monthly causes, we give to immediate causes that come up. And then also, um, we do tend to, uh, wait occasionally to give some of that money away so that we can partner in more, uh, in larger ventures financially. Um, yeah. so that there is some money to give away in, in larger amounts. So, yeah. um, we're not waiting to give those things away per se, or, or just stocking stockpiling missions money. But, um, but yeah, so recently, uh, we, f- uh, found out about a need, um, at one of our, uh, one of the new, uh, overnight shelters that, um, the David Condon administration kind of uh, started to create more um, more sleeping space for people experiencing homelessness downtown. So um, there's a nonprofit called Jewels Helping Hands that runs one of the overnight shelters, and they are opening another one. And uh, they needed sleeping mats uh, for the shelter, and so we got to partner with them um, and provide uh, about half of the sleeping mats necessary for that shelter. Um, they're, they're going to hopefully expand, but at least start with, uh, with 80 beds, um, for folks who, who need a spot to sleep. And this isn't just a warming shelter where once the temperature at night reaches 20 degrees, then they open up. This is an overnight sleeping shelter that can be accessed, um, anytime. Um, and one of the cool things about, uh, about Jules helping hands is that they are, um, they're about as low barrier as you can be. And so for those who are unfamiliar with um, some of that language, oftentimes there are barriers for people experiencing homelessness to receive services. So um, for example, you have to be clean and sober to step into a rehabil- rehabilitation program or uh, you know, you have to volunteer a certain number of hours per week to participate in this or that. And um, I think uh, many of those programs do beautiful, incredible things. Uh, and, um, I think low barrier programs, uh, oftentimes are necessary just to get people kind of their basic physical needs, no matter where they're at. So, you know, if you're a heroin addict and you're working on, um, working on that habit, uh, but you, you know, you relapse or whatever, like you still have to have dinner. And sure. so, um, having these, these resources, or you still have to have a place to sleep, having these resources is a really, um, 
just a really important thing, I think, in in tandem with the the folks that are creating opportunities for um, for people to get clean and sober and to transition out of homelessness yeah. as well. Yeah, a city needs to have both. Totally. Right? You can't uh, you can't be weighted too uh, heavily on one side because you miss an entire population of people. Exactly. That's, that's hurting. So yep. yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, and in addition to that, we um, we provided uh, Shalom and CityGate, both significant um, organizations in terms of providing meals for folks who are homeless uh, or people experiencing homelessness uh, with some supplies uh, to kind of keep them going because there's been a huge uptick in people needing just basic resources like meals. And so a lot of these um, organizations are pretty strapped. And so... Um, Newcom was in a place where money in that in that missions category, we had some money kind of stored away with the intent of giving away, and so we could we could use it in that way, and so it's pretty pretty cool to be a part of. Well, and I know uh, from a from Shalone's perspective, the meals that they are continuing to serve are more expensive now because you can't make um, a huge thing of pancakes. Now you need to give prepackaged things of cereal or something away like that. And so the food that they are having to administer because they've had to change the processes by which they go about it become more expensive and it's, it was not budgeted in. And so, um, there are some really practical elements like that, that, um, I think a lot of agencies in Spokane are, uh, are dealing with right now. Um, besides that, I know one of the things, uh, that the elder team has talked about is, uh, generating, um, a benevolence fund kind of, uh, internally as well, uh, as inevitably there will be significant needs that come to the forefront within our community. Uh, and that's something that we haven't made decisions on yet, but something that we're very much in conversation about. And, um, and I think that's going to be kind of an important next step too, as this, um, reality affects people both within our community, but then also close to our community, maybe not uh, worshiping members at, at new community, but close friendly and or uh, friends and family that will have needs that have lost work that will need um, uh, help with rent in, in those different ways. And so those, those are also conversations that we're beginning to have. Um, so new community has been able to step in and do some really cool things. Uh, there are significant needs all around. So one of the questions I think is is maybe important to wrestle with or at least have dialogue around is um, what are ways that we individually can respond? Um, because there are I think there are people in a lot of different categories, right? There are people that um, maybe like you and Britt, uh, as you explained earlier, haven't had significant interruption and don't see uh, um, maybe a change in uh, in vocation or a change in uh, income due to this. But then there are people on the other side that have had significant interruption. So what does it look like to be um, a people that continues to serve and continues to be generous in uh, this time right now? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a really hard question. Um, Britt and I were just chatting about like, you know, like, for example, Second Harvest Food Bank has some pretty significant needs. Salvation Army is another organization that has really significant needs in terms of just support, restocking shelves, et cetera. But there's also the tension of like, you know, we're in the midst of a stay-at-home order and yeah. social distancing. And so we want to be responsible in terms of what we promote and what we participate in. But we also really want to care for people, like you said, who are hurting. And so... Yeah. Um, I think 
part of the biggest thing is, is just starting to have conversations around how do we exist in this tension yeah. and then being able to identify like as an individual, uh, what do I feel like, or what do you feel like, uh, God is calling you to in terms of service. And that may be, um, he's calling you to, uh, to participate with second harvest. It may be that he's calling you to be really, really intentional in, praying for a specific aspect of your community. It may be that because you have had little to no income interruption, it may be that he's calling you to utilize some of those resources for the folks that have. Um, I, I think we have to, two things are true. We're absolutely called to care for our brothers and sisters who are struggling. And uh, nobody can do everything. And I think oftentimes there's, tons of Christian guilt associated with, uh, with all the causes that are available and you feel like you have to do everything. And so, and so you end up doing nothing or you totally bring yourself out trying to do everything. And so I think some, um, some pre conversations before you jump into how you can, uh, engage with the current reality is, is, is wise so that you can say, okay, uh, you know, my family is going to totally dedicate themselves to supporting this one aspect of the cause, and we're going to be all in on that, and uh, that's how we're going to contribute um, versus trying to kind of like work with a bunch of different organizations and water down your efforts. Um, yeah. I think also new community is incredibly relational, right? Uh, just kind of the nature of our community. I think continuing to be that way is critical too, because it, as you engage with members of your small group or uh, talk with people that you're friends with or whatever, you become more aware of needs as they arise. Yeah. And I think um, needs that are met organically in a community without like being funneled through kind of a programmatic system are some of the most beautiful things that we can see that people are taking care of people inside of inside of our community already um, and that we're being the body of Christ to each other. And so, uh, so that would be another thing, just being aware of and being engaged with the people around you um, yeah. during that time. I think I resonate with that idea of uh, when when needs become overwhelming, it can be paralyzing and it can just be easier to say there, there's so much out there that I could be doing that I don't know where to begin. And therefore, I'm not going to do anything. Um, you, you know, you become almost kind of indifferent to what's going on. And I think just taking those small steps and even uh, even if it's as easy as walking around your neighborhood and picking up trash or something that's maybe doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's just taking that initial step to say, Hey, I, I still, uh, I still am called by God to serve a community in a neighborhood. And, uh, maybe it's not good for you to leave your home and, and you've got to be, uh, really strategic in how you're outside of your house and those things. There are still things that can be done in and around your neighborhood, or maybe you haven't seen financial interruption at all. And you're in a place uh, that you're going to now receive, a fat stimulus check at, at the same time. And you can say, man, these are funds I wasn't counting on in the first place. I can give this away and I will see zero change in my life. And that's, that's a cool place to be in. Not everybody's there and that's fine. But, um, but I think being willing to have these conversations and, and again, I think what you say about 
responding organically. That's the kind of stuff that I believe we will see more opportunity in the coming weeks and months as, uh, again, people within our community, within our small groups have interruption to life and, uh, and have significant needs. And those are um, great opportunities to, to step in the gap and say, uh, God has uh, continued to provide in incredible ways, and I can serve in this way, and I can give in this way. And those, um, those are the, um, those are the the places where we really see the movement of the Holy Spirit in our community. And uh, those are fun stories to be able to tell and share. And I and I hope that our community has many of them to share uh, over the course of the next week and weeks and months. So, um. A question that um, <clears throat> that I want to maybe talk about, and, and I don't have much more after this uh, necessarily, but um, giving, I think one of the tensions we always feel is um, uh, I've allocated funds to give inside, like to, to like to give, uh, I give money to new community, and now there are needs outside of new community, and I want to give to those needs as well. How do you... Uh, maybe just personally, or, or how would you help us to understand how do we continue to be generous, um, understanding that there is a call for us to um, to see needs and meet needs around us, but also be consistent in giving uh, to specific places? And how, how do you like allocate funds in different ways if you're in a place to be able to do that? Sure. Um, one of my mentors uh, from... A pastor from the, the church I went to in college, a guy that I still talk with often, um, I asked him about giving to the local church at one point. And he said, you know, the language of the Bible and, and the notion of giving to the local church, uh, you know, let's say during the time when Paul was writing, for example, is is radically different than the reality that we exist in now and that, you know, we have we have parachurch organizations, we have nonprofit organizations, we have uh, a-religious uh, nonprofits that are working for the good of humanity, but not associated with religion. And, and for the most part, during kind of the, the time of these letters, the nonprofit of the world was the local church. I mean, we, we have evidence that the local church took care of people in the Roman population better than the Romans did. And so um, he said something that really stuck with me and, and has been compelling to me. He said, the only reason you should give to a local church is if you're compelled by what they're doing. Yeah. And so uh, if you're not, then give to an organization that is compelling. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that's most uh, exciting to me and one of the reasons why Brittany and I give to New Community intentionally monthly uh, is because New Community gives away part of the money that they receive. And, um, and because of my role, uh, as an elder, I have a, a pretty, um, inside look at the way that the money is spent and Newcom is on a super lean budget with six incredibly talented individuals on staff, um, who are like <laughs> unbelievably responsible with the funds that come under their stewardship. And, uh, and because of that, it it makes me feel like um, I can give with confidence to new community as a local church, both because they give in the community, right? Newcom gives in the community like we talked about earlier, and because I believe in the mission of what's going on there. And so for me, uh, consistently giving to new community kind of checks a number of boxes. They give to organizations that I believe in, and the mission of Newcom is really powerful. Yeah. Um, 
we occasionally give to organizations outside of new community as well. But the majority of, of the way that we tie this to Newcom because of those reasons I just mentioned. And so I, I think it has to be a conversation with each um, within for individuals or within families that you, you know, do you believe in what organization XYZ is doing? If so, great. The kingdom of God can move there through your donations. Do you believe in what your local church is doing? Okay, great. Um, the reality is that all of those organizations needs, need funds to keep moving. Um, but like I said, uh, I think that Newcom more than, more than most places does more with less in an incredibly, um, impressive way. And, and if anybody's wondering like, ah, should I give to Newcom? Should I give to another nonprofit? You know, you got to figure that out for yourself. But I would say your, your funds giving to Newcom will be used incredibly responsibly. Have been on staff now for um, ten or eleven years, and <clears throat> I know that we are not a church that talks about money all that much, uh, but have rather tried to talk about generosity as much as humanly possible. And um, that still is an underlying foundational value for us. And we—I can't imagine we will ever become a church community uh, as <laughs> as long as I'm on staff that uh, talks about the need for everybody to give a certain percentage to new community, because that's just not who we are. And frankly, that's not really our theology. Our theology is much more in line with um, that's between you and God, and uh, the spirit has to move. And we want people to give to the places and the organizations and the people that are compelling to them. And we want the spirit to move in those ways. Um, And so I I think what has been... um, what has continued to be that resounding message that has come back to me uh, time and time again, as Grace and I have discussed, how do we allocate the funds, uh, king, the kingdom resources that have been given to us, uh, has been that idea of generosity and that idea of um, how are we reshaping the entirety of our lives to be a generous people with the money that's given. And um, and there are needs. There are needs at New Community, uh, budgetary needs. There are also needs at Shalom. There are needs at CityGate. And there are needs that are coming up in people's small groups with individuals that have needs. And everything in between those um, those different arenas to give. And um, the, the real call for us as believers in Jesus, as followers, uh, and as people at New Community is to be generous and to listen to the Spirit and uh, and continually ask for God to guide us into uh, how should we give, uh, how do we keep an open hand with the resources that we've been given, understanding that it is not ours in the first place, uh, but it is yours, and we will, uh, we will live lives that are faithful to you in giving. Um, Greg, what, uh, maybe just to kind of close us out, what are you encouraged by right now? Uh, you mentioned earlier that, um, that in, uh, years past, there have been moments of, of high anxiety in your life when, uh, when there's, uh, too much busyness. So in a season where you were maybe intentionally slowed down, um, what are you encouraged about right now? What are you What are you looking forward to uh, in the coming weeks, coming months? Um, that uh, that maybe gives you hope that we'll be on the other end of this thing and we will be okay. Um. Yeah. I mean. So I think that you can you can look at some of the data that's come out in the last week, week and a half, and um, just from a, a real literal standpoint in terms of what I'm encouraged by, like 
Washington as a state is is no longer the top 10 um, states of uh, infections and death because social distancing seems to be working. And so um, we seem to be uh, flattening the curve, as people are saying. And so I think that's encouraging. Um, like I said, the, the cooperation that we're seeing uh, in the scientific community is encouraging. Um, and I think just like... Like I mentioned before, getting to spend more time with MJ has been wonderful. Um, I think, too, one of the things that's been, uh, and this is a super Christian-y answer, I don't, I don't mean it to be, but, but it, it's true. I mean, we just have, right now, we just have more time. And so um, our small group is, is going through a, a biblical reading plan on you version, the little Bible app you get on your phone. And yeah. like I said, that sounds super Christian, but it's been awesome. And because we have more time during our day, we get to, we get to move through a little bit more of, of the scriptures than we would in your average work week and, uh, and talk about it as a group and, and kind of like chew on it and dialogue. And, and that's been really, um, really encouraging. Um, yeah. I think, uh, the last thing I would say is that um, I, I would hope that on the backside of this, that because of all of kind of the adjustments we've had to make as a society in terms of how we interact with each other and how we're working and how we're doing schooling and how we're trying at least to care for um, people kind of on the bottom socioeconomic status rungs of our society, that, that some of uh, these new things become like advantages once we step back into normalcy that we expand the way we interact with each other that we expand the way we interact with the world that we expand the way we interact with our brothers and sisters um who need more help whatever that 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 this wouldn't feel like it's all for naught that that there could be some great creativity that would come out of this um those conversations are already starting to happen um in my job and and in kind of with friends and so that would be something that I'm, i'm holding on to as well this could actually be eventually a propellant um, towards, you know, really cool new things without totally. And I say that I'll give this caveat again without ignoring the fact that in order to get to the end of this as a society and as a world, we're bearing a lot of pain and death and, um, and sadness. And and I I don't want to trivialize any of that. I, I think that that's, while I haven't been touched directly by that, I know that a lot of people have and, um, and we need to be in deep prayer and, and uh, I think be open to caring for and mourning with people that, um, that are affected by it. And so there's, there's that caveat as well. Well, and that's, that is the job of all of us is to hold those things in tension, is to be present, to understand the gravity of the situation, um, to mourn alongside people that are mourning, to, to grieve ourselves where we need to grieve. But also, uh, we are called to be a people of hope. And uh, and to be a people of hope, you have to look uh, oftentimes beyond your present situation uh, to what lies beyond. And so, um, Greg, 
you are fantastic. We're so thankful for uh, you being willing to come and join us on uh, this interview, get to know you a little bit better. We hope maybe to touch base later uh, during this season and figure out and hear some of the other ways that New Community has been able to uh, stand in the gap for others, or maybe hear from some of the individuals in our community of um, the ways that um, organic generosity have come up and people have been able to meet needs. So again, thanks for being with us. And uh, New Community, we hope that you give this a listen and that it's encouraging to you today. We'll talk to you later. Bye.